So let me ask you this. Um, all the stuff a, that you do, man, process. all the stuff that you do, that you do so much, like f like filming, directing, writing, all stuff. Do you do any other hobbies outside of that to get you entertained? Well, yeah, my well hobbies. Uh, uh, I used to go to the gym a lot until <laughs> this whole thing happened. Yeah. I loved I loved going to the gym uh, in the early mornings because it just it gets you pumped up and I feel like when I'm just after having a good session in the gym I feel like I can just finally sit down and focus on all my ideas and start writing again because it's just like having having to exercise and just opening up the whole thing just like sometimes I even get like sometimes when I'm stuck on an idea I'll I'll crack it <laughs> when I'm like in the gym it's just like ah there it is yeah. because I'm focusing on something else. Uh, but my my biggest hobby is just playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with my friends. Boom. Talk about yeah. it, man. Talk about it. Let's go into it. Yeah. So Yu-Gi-Oh! is probably my, my first love. It, it was just outside of films. It, I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! since 2002 or something. When it started. I've been yeah. Just as soon as it came to Iceland, like... Uh, actually, my first two decks were in Spanish, funnily enough, because uh, my uncle was in Spain and he brought bought these two decks for me. It, 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 like, really nice of him. And the, I still have some of these Spanish cards just lying around. I, I think I have my Spanish Red Eyes Black Dragon here somewhere. Whoa. But, but like, I started like reading reading and understanding English at a fairly young age because of Yu Gi Oh! because you had to know what the cards did. And And just, I find myself doing my best work and my uh, having the most fun and just my, and everything positive when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I love playing the game. I love meeting new people through the game. And I've made friends through the game. Like one of my best friends from my childhood, who I was in school with, we became really, really good friends when we like no we both played Yu-Gi-Oh because now we had this whole thing that was kind of ours we were the only one in our class we were the only ones in our class who played Yu-Gi-Oh so that that that's what connected us and i just love how the game tends to bring people together and it just evolves as it goes and i love introducing people to the game and sometimes finding new ways to teach them to play like some people only want to learn the old format because the new one is just <laughs> just too much for them <laughs> and and but like i said uh, i did this play once i did this play in 2016 i was the title role i was the main role and there were these two younger younger guys one of them was 15 years old and the other one is 13 and I noticed one time that they had Yu-Gi-Oh cards with them and they were just playing like old school Yu-Gi-Oh, no extra deck. It was just like summon skull, tribute summon. And Holy I thought, monkey. And, and I just, yeah, because they had found these old Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I just, I just watched and I just, I asked one of them out, like, can I take the winner? And, and it was just, I'll use your deck. And, And then I put my own flair into it. I, I'm pretty like out there when I play because I drew the card like this. And, oh, <laughs> and they, just like in the they, anime. Just like, ha! Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I used to wear a watch here. I don't have it on me right now, but when I would draw, it would make a clicking sound like when they draw cards oh, in the anime. That, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just for the added player. And they were just like, oh, he like he plays. <laughs> and so that that kind of that kind of made me a big deal there just because these guys like played Yu-Gi-Oh! and suddenly the the main actor in this play we were all doing uh, so, suddenly I was like a Yu-Gi-Oh geek like them and and then I introduced them to like the more advanced stuff and and now it's five years later and we're all close friends and we usually meet like once a week to to play Yu-Gi-Oh together and, and it's just it's so much fun like every in everything I do I just find myself always finding time to do something Yu-Gi-Oh related like Revisiting Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, which is my favorite TV series of all time. And like introducing someone to the game, or even when I'm writing, if I'm if I'm trying to focus, like if I'm really trying to focus on something, if an idea is just if I'm trying to crack a specific idea, I'll just crack open a box here. I'll take I'll take the cards out and I'll just shuffle them or or just play test, just draw five and do stuff like to get my mind off it, because as soon as I get my mind off it, it'll it'll usually click when I'm not thinking too hard about it. So yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is actually a pretty big deal in my life. And sometimes I'll just put these little references to Yu-Gi-Oh! wherever I'm doing, like I did <clears throat> when I did the play <laughs> and stuff like that, which is always just funny to me. And to my friends who like saw the play and I put this little Easter egg, Yu-Gi-Oh! Easter egg into my performance, that no one would get. It was only for me, but it was so much fun when a friend of mine who loves Yu-Gi-Oh! saw the play and he came up to me afterwards and he was like, how did you sneak that in there? <laughs> <laughs> like, what what kind of enchanting you were calling out? Uh, it was in the play, I had to do this like little chant, like magic chant. And I... The director said, like, just say abracadabra or whatever, just find something. And I was just, no, 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 I got it. I got it. And so I said, uh, because in the play, they're in this dark cavern and he has to do this like, whole spell so that the girl, he's guiding through this magic world so she can see better. So I said, uh, which is Japanese for become the path the light shines upon. Because in the end of the play, she becomes like this this beacon of light for everyone to save the day. So to me, it just made perfect sense. So I'm just screaming like, and everyone's just think I'm saying like gibberish. But like I said, my friend came up to me after the play and he was just like, how did you manage to sneak that in there? That's a Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> reference. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious, man. Um, I Yeah, I'm with you uh, when I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh back in 2002. When the yeah. when the first deck came out with Seto Kaiba and Yugi with the Dark Magician and Blue Eyes, I got myself the Blue Eyes. My brother got himself the Dark Magician because I was more into Dragon S like monster cards. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be dragon, but I just like the fact that it's a dragon. You know, my favorite dragon type of all time is the Red Eyes. Yeah. All it's all because of its design and features. You know, I don't care whether it was. I don't care that blue eyes is better than him. I just care that holy crap. Look at his face. He looks like legit like a freaking dragon. I love it. And yeah. I gave up playing Yu-Gi-Oh! like sometime in 05. Yeah. And I came back again like 09 or 08 or 09 or 10, or 10 when 5Ds was around. So when Synchro's summoning was around. 
Do you remember yeah. when it was? Uh, Synchros started in 2008. There you go. So I started back again, <laughs> and then I went, and then I went off to college, and I haven't, and then moved over here. And it was when I moved here that I came back to playing Yu-Gi-Oh back in just recently, like 2019. I went to New York Comic Con, and they were doing a a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament there in the Comic Con, and. I don't know what happened. A spark hit me, and then yeah, it felt it felt nostalgic to seeing all those tournaments and saw all these cards. And since then, I just I just came back to play Yu Gi Oh again. Now in my my spare time, I I play either now. Obviously, COVID obviously didn't that doesn't let us you know participate in these locals. But before. I started. I joined with Duelist Academy, and shout out to those guys. I learned a whole lot more. A lot, a lot to play the game that it is right now with the link mechanics, with the summoning, uh, the synchros, Etsy's, and all that. Because I didn't know any of that when I came back. I didn't know what the fuck was Etsy, what the fuck was Pendulum or Link. <laughs> Thank God I had Duel Links by the time when Duel Links uh, was released. Thank God I was still like. All right, let me go back again. You know, just learn the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. I remember this, and then when Etsy, uh, but it was still too. I was still too behind. I only know synchro, and when I came in, the format was Colossus format. You know, yeah, Orcus format. Orcus is one of my <laughs> favorites. You know, Sk- Sky Striker. Um, what what other what other format? <laughs> what other debts were in that format? Like Colossus, Orcus, Sky Striker. There was another uh, Salamangrades. Salamangrades, yes. That whole Which... menace, you know. And I like Salamangrade too. Until yeah. until they banned Colossus, Harp Horror, you know. Stalio. Stalio. That's where they engage. Yeah, they just killed that format. I, I find that so funny. It was just like Look at the format that came before. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah, it's dead. Done. <laughs> Never coming back again. I'm like, dead. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I just got used to these deads. Now I can't play them. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And and then I and then I turned my deck into Shadol Dinos, which back yeah. in the format it made sense. At that time, it didn't make sense. But believe it or not, Shadol Dinos, I made it to the regionals top ten. Cool. <laughs> I was like, and everybody was playing TK Dinos because Lef- Lefty goes Lefty Gosium Lethosium. Yes, he was out. He was out for limited to one. So everybody's like, "Oh my god, BFD on Dinos!" <laughs> yes, let's go, let's go. And, and I was not playing that format. I was just playing um the Shadow variant because it made cut. It kind of made sense at the time if you put it um that perspective, like. I need mo- I need monsters to use double evolution pill. What better yeah. <laughs> What better cards than to put Shadow cards that are non-dinos and a dino in the graveyard? Double evolution pill, boom. I got a Winda and a UCT and construct on the field. And what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. And then that's where I started to develop even more, start buying more archetypes and start buying more. These dead thing, and then I had I got heavily, heavily got invested and involved more in the game, 
and then start playing online. I didn't like online um, dueling books. So I stick with Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro or Edo Pro. And now with Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega, I'm just excited as well. So and I and now now it's part of me. Now it's something that like now it's de- definitely I want to do this on my fun time, you know? Yeah. Especially when it when it comes when it comes to these tournaments, when COVID is all, all out and we can go back again to regionals and and YCS and stuff like that. Oh, I can't wait, man. The competitive side just kicks in. It's just a adrenaline, you know? Yeah. You know, like I like I've been in and out of the game like constantly because it was harder at the time for me because a lot of my friends here just like in my younger years they kind of stopped playing they didn't find it that fun anymore and so Mm. like they kind of grew out of it and i just i i didn't understand growing out of it because i always saw it like like a hobby and just something like something to do like in recreation and so uh, the only time I actually could play it was with my friends on the mainland when they would come here to visit or something. And and we didn't have like stuff like Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro and anything like that. So I was just sometimes getting like mad Yu-Gi-Oh! fatigue. Like I just didn't want to play the game anymore. I thought I'd outgrown it and stuff. And then like some like something, a- a- anytime I would ha- meet with my two friends on the mainland who still played when they came here or I met them, it was just like as soon as we would start playing and I would just slam a card down to summon it. It was just like it just all came back. It was just like you could all you could almost hear the uh, protagonist music yeah. in my head because it's just like Yeah, it was just it, it just all came rushing back and it was just like this is why I love the game. It was just it was never the fact that I hated the game or it was just like I just felt I didn't want to play it anymore because like when you don't play it for a long time with other people, you kind of lose interest in it. Yeah. But as soon as but as soon as you play against someone who like I find like my best friend whose name is Mauni, whenever we play, we kind of we think of each other as like rivals to each other because our decks kind of it's kind of how funny how our decks kind of match each other rival wise and how we counteract each other, but we kind of look at ourselves as rivals in that regard. And we always go like full out when we play. And every time, like he sometimes, he sometimes says like, uh, I'm going to quit Yu-Gi-Oh again for a while. And, and then when we play, it just, it just becomes so outlandish and we have so much fun. And it's just like, see, this is why we love this game. This is why we can't quit. <laughs> it's very fun, man. And that, that's what more or less what has happened to me. Like I kind of outgrew it in the times that I quit. And then, Somehow, Yu-Gi-Oh keeps pulling me back, and I just get into it. And then I <laughs> yeah. grew it once more in back in college because I was just doing so many things and whatnot. And at that time in college, I was still a closet Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I didn't want anybody to know. But once I moved here to the states and I went full blown on Yu-Gi-Oh, like I was, I'm, I'm at that point. Like I could give free fucks who, who thinks about me and me playing yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. I have, not, I'm not afraid to show my geekness or my love of it. I mean, shit, if you look at my room, you got Kingdom Hearts right here. Yeah. You got Gundam right here and Final Fantasy 7 right here. And if you look at, at to the side, you got a whole lot of Gundam collections and other yeah. toys. And my shirt itself, I, like I'm all full-blown. And then in my desk, obviously you can't see much because, you know, my desk is right here. But let me show you, like I got boxes of Dragon Shield sleeves, deck boxes, 
small little tents to put all my uh, cards that I want to have as a bulk, just in case if I want to sell it or not, you know, and then and you got my cards right here. Yeah. So like, and I have my binders right here and I got my play mat right here. So it's now it's become something like I'm never giving this up again. <clears> man. And I'm super happy that I, that gives me that nostalgic factor again. And maybe it is a nostalgic factor, but, it, or maybe it's just the little, the little kid inside me that, you know, doesn't want to give up on this and just wants to have fun. And I really, really find it relaxing and enjoyable when I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, even as, as yeah. a, even competitively, I find it very good because I'm doing something that I like. I, I don't get to do this very often. And when I do it, I, I'll go full blown out of it. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, I've never been that much of a closeted Yu-Gi-Oh! fan. I'm like the exact opposite of it now because it's like... It's probably one of the first thing people get to know about me because I'm so open about it and just like sometimes it just even slips out. Like I was, I was once uh, at my work and I was doing like I was closing up and I was doing the, the bookings and stuff like that and I was just in the computer and then one of my coworkers she looked at me and he just noticed I had this blank stare on me and just I was so serious at the computer monitor and he was just like, like the hell are you doing? Uh, just what are you doing? Is there a problem with? Is the problem with the delivery or package? I was just like, no, I'm waiting for the ban list to drop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I just said it. And he was just like, what are you talking about? And I was just like, it, it's Yu-Gi-Oh related. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, you play? And he was like, yeah, now you know. <laughs> and, and like my Twitter says like writer, actor, sometimes duelist. <laughs> no. no, I think it says writer, Writer, actor, duelist, sometimes thinker. <laughs> I think that's my tag. <laughs> and like when I went to a podcast here in Iceland, he does, he talks about films and stuff like that. And he often, he gets a lot of different kinds of people, but uh, it's also, also like celebrities and, and sometimes it's just regular Joes, which is really fun. He got me when he knew I was making this uh, film about like this love letter to unbreakable and he wanted to get me on the show and talk about unbreakable and film school and what what have you and in the thumbnail the thing i showed up in was i had on a Yu-Gi-Oh t-shirt and i had a uh, the millennium puzzle necklace on me it was just nothing it was just and he didn't ask about or anything it was just like no nah, i thought it would look cool on a thumbnail that i'm wearing a Yu-Gi-Oh shirt it's just like i i have nothing to hide and like when I'm going through my wallet to look for like my my credit or debit cards or something, it was just like no, no, guy, the fierce night. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> like I keep some treasured Yu-Gi-Oh cards in them, like a secret rare guy at the Dragon Champion from uh, Legend of the Blue Eyes. That was a gift from one of my friends, and that's just something I cherish and I keep it in my wallet at all times. And like I said, it's just it's almost it's definitely one of the first things people get to know about me now because I used to be like like kind of closeted about it I like I would tell people but it wouldn't be the first thing it would just like when people were talking about their hobbies and stuff like that and I was just like yeah and also I sometimes play Yu-Gi-Oh with my friends it would just be like this offhand comment but now it's just like if I would ever well I don't have to now because I have a girlfriend but if I if I would have to put up like a dating profile I would say like this this this, this and then I would also but like I, yes, I play Yu-Gi-Oh. What about it? <laughs> you know, that's it's just like no, no. I was just gonna comment about that because that's how I met my girl. Yeah, through a dating site, a match. 
I was yeah. I at that time I was playing you I, I was starting to play Yu-Gi-Oh much more seriously. And yeah. it, it was until we met and then she, you know, she get to see the real me. It was then that I was like little by little just letting it loose, just like, hey, um, I'm into video games. Hey, I'm into yeah. manga. Hey, I'm into anime. Hey, I'm into Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, I'm into this and this and that. And I was going little by little because I, because I guess it's that that fear of stigma that when we were young that, you know, you'll be judged. It's like, oh my God, you're playing a kid's game or something like that. And I don't know, even though I was already an adult, like at that time I could give a fuck, but I was going to tell her regardless. I was like, this is me. I'm my, this is me. I'm my hundred percent. What do you think about it? And well, I mean, we're two years around and we're <coughs> thinking of getting ourselves married, you know, like, yeah. And she cool. supports me. She supports me. When I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh at a competitive level, she's just like, I I like that you have such a hobby that you are passionate about it, that you're involved with it. And, you know, that's stuff that you should never get rid of. You know, that's stuff that you should be proud of, you know? And yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also just found myself like with like regarding with the information people get from me. It's just like when, when people are getting to know me and they ask me stuff like, stuff that should have different answers it's just like what's your favorite tv show and i just say you give have these and they're and they're it was just kind of thrown off it's just like is that your favorite like anime or and i said i just say no you asked me what my favorite tv show is i just said i just told you and also i just found myself like in my like i'm a, i'll be 25 this year but like reaching my 20s when i was reaching my 20s mm. like when i was 19 or 18 i just realized the more open I was about playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Well, not like wearing endless merchandise and just having anime-style playmats or stuff like that. Nothing like that. But I find myself, I find myself, the more open I was about talking about it and just letting people know right off the bat, the more open I was about being a Yu-Gi-Oh! player and a duelist and that being my main hobby, I, I just found myself being happier because it, it just... It wasn't anything I was trying to hide from someone or waiting to tell someone. Just the more open I was about it, the the happier I was. And the game just for that matter just makes me like happier because it's it's something I love and no one can take that away from me. <laughs> I agree, man. Amen to that, bro. I love that, man. The, besides hold on, before I get to that question, sorry. Um I wanna go circle back on your favorite TV show. You say that it was Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Now, why yeah. is it 5Ds <clears throat> out of the other series that you've seen so far? Out of the all of the Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Yeah, yeah. 5D is my favorite show of all time, but it's also my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Like the but I think it's because I the characters are just so unique and completely different from what we had seen before. Like you say is such a great Yu-Gi-Oh protagonist because, like, yeah, he's got a good heart and everything, and he he's a believer in the power of friendship. But, but he's also not afraid of getting his hands dirty. Like, mm. in in some episodes, he genuinely just kicks ass with his hands and fists. It's 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 great, and uh, it's about. I like that Yu-Gi-Oh Five Ds was not scared of doing actual like social commentary and stuff about class and like you have these upper class people and then you had the, the scums in the satellite and like finding that bridge between them and the stigmatization of like jack atlas is supposedly the best duelist in in 
in the world that he's the champion, but he has a secret. He's born in the slums. And I was just yeah. like, this is way too highbrow for a Yu-Gi-Oh series. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I agree. Like that's something that, you know, you don't normally will see that on a, you know, on a quote unquote t- kids TV show, especially when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, especially when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I don't think any series after that has actually done anything like this aside from like arc five but they were just in the synchro season they were just basically doing 5ds again but i just really like the characters the the soundtracks are amazing i the synchro era when synchro monsters were the only new extra when when they were the only new kind of mechanic it's probably my favorite format of Yu-Gi-Oh because i just it it was i kind of felt like it was the last time it was just like at its creative peak well it, it's gotten a lot of creative but it was just like it was so fun there was, there was so much fun going on so many different versions of decks like there weren't that many archetypes so people had to be like creative with their deck choices now it's just like archetype 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 you know and well i just love synchros stardust dragon is my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card of all time i still i try i try as hard as i can to only have the one copy i have the one copy from a tin I bought in 2008 and I've bought these special editions that I've gotten out in recent years and I've gotten like uh, here's the copy of every protagonist card and I get a Stardust Dragon I'm, I'm just like uh, here to a friend of mine take this I don't want it and he's just like I already have it uh, I say like I don't I only want to have one copy of Stardust because this one copy means that much to me and with 5Ds, I just think it's the most emotional regarding stakes and character depth. And well, season three is kind of a mess, but I think they get back to their stride in season four. Mm-hmm. Like, and also it's just they did some really interesting stuff. Like they tackled cults and they did like there's this whole little small segment where it turns into a western, which is great. It's the Crash Town arc. I just I just love the idea of it. And it was just like the character of Callan in in the Crashdown arc. He's just like the lone gunman who has no passion for it anymore. And he just wants to die, but he doesn't want to die just because someone kills him. He wants to be satisfied before he die. He wants someone to truly defeat him, but he he like he doesn't like playing anymore because it doesn't excite him anymore, which is like like it's it's such a weird thing to go into like again regarding Yuko this is such a dark place to take mm. the story and also arc 5 no 5D's is the only Yu-Gi-Oh series to kill off a character and have him actually die <laughs> so and which makes it upon rewatch it makes it so much sadder because you know he's not actually coming back like they do in every Yu-Gi-Oh show like this one dies but he came back but no in 5D's there's a character that dies he doesn't get revived, so it just hits you even harder when you watch the episode again because you know this is the last time I'm gonna see this character. And it's and I still remember like when I still get goosebumps during the last duel between Jack and Yusei when Yusei makes his last turn because story wise it made complete sense and they even they even use some of the same frames from the first episode. That's what the director I think it's called Katsumi Ono or Ono Katsumi. He likes to reuse frames for dramatic purposes, and it's it's great. He does it in Arc Five as well. But I still remember when Five Ds was over, and it was in 2011 or 2012. Mm. I still remember tuning in uh, on my laptop to try to get it 
to see it as early as I could. And I still remember crying when that episode was over. And it's the only time, like, wow. aside from the original Yu-Gi-Oh sh- series, when when Atem, the pharaoh, walked in with a, with a thumb and the music blasting, it's the last time I remember a Yu-Gi-Oh series genuinely making me cry. And I, it, it's still, I still kind of well up when I rewatch the whole thing. It's just like, I can't believe I'm done with these characters. And I just love these characters really, really much. And it, it has such an emotional, like, it has such an emotional punch. The, the, the sub, though, I pr- much prefer the sub, the Japanese one. It just, it, it connects with me in kind of a special way because I think those are the, I just remember the synchros being like the height of my love for the game in my teens because like in 20, 2008, I'm like, what, 12 years old and 2011, I'm 15. And it's just like, it, it feels like such an end of an adolescence for me. You know what I mean? So I kind of always connected with that. And, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Fantasy also just taught me a lot about like story structure and everything and kind of reusing key themes and images to make something bigger out of it. So. So that's why I still love Five Ds to this day, even though like Series Three is kind of a mess. Like I said, it, it had a lot of I, it had a lot of production issues. They had to change the whole thing, so they just had a lot of fillers. Mm. But they kind of get their stride back in the fourth season, and like the fourth season is, it, it's just it's so good, man. <laughs> it's great. That's cool, man. That's cool, man. Like that's very interesting that when you said that and out of all the Yu-Gi-Oh's like nobody has died except for 5Ds I was like wow like I, and as you were saying that I was thinking about um, let me see in the original series like no nobody died actually oh they almost died but no the GX the same thing they almost died but they didn't and then I'm like remembering the others of set so I guess Astro, you know, dies at the end, you know. Astro really. and Kaido and Shark, they all kind of died, but then they yeah. didn't. But yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. Like, wow, you got me to think it. It's like, man, you actually you're right. Maybe Fight This is one of the best, you know. I mean, it introduced the new mechanic overall, the synchro mechanic, you know. Yeah. And that had to open a kind of warns for the for the format itself. I mean, everybody was just Nobody, the extra zone was used to be called a fusion zone. Yeah. That was it. And synchros came up and, you know, oh shit. Now we got, now we got synchros. And then obviously that opened, I think Fight This could arguably be, be one of the best because it actually introduced the mechanics, a new sorts of mechanics in which it expanded future mechanics. That's what we got right now. Like, you can't have Ed C's or Pendulum or Link if it wasn't for Synchro. If it wasn't for the idea, like, all right, how can we make Yu-Gi-Oh! still be relevant? We need to create a new mechanic. All right, how can we create a mechanic? Let's go with this, Synchro. So you got to give yeah. credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yeah, and also with Synchros, it kind of changed the game so much. I love the change that Synchros made because the game before that was kind of, it was still kind of caveman. It was just like, you use this and and tribute summoning, and you always had to keep the best. Like you had to have such powerful monsters in your hands. But with the synchros, it just it made you appreciate your low level monsters more because now your deck kind of had to harmonize. And I was just like, this is so cool that you're you have to construct your deck like it's a team now, so you can bust out your best soldiers. And I was just like, now I don't have to tribute summon anymore. Now I can just 
use my deck to do like to do this team effort to bust out my Stardust Dragon. Yes. And I was just like, I love this. That's actually pretty cool too, you know, because yeah, I remember back in the day, it was more of a beatdown deck. So, you know, like yeah. you you got, everybody has a Mirror Force, everybody has a Jinso, everybody has a Regeki, a Dark Hole, everybody ha- needs to have the the Gemini Elves or the Mechanical Chasers or any other Legends or 1800 attack power, everybody. So that way, they can summon the summon skull or the Jinzos and all that stuff. Like it was such a beatdown. Then when the GX came around with the whole contact fusion, you know, like now you don't need to rely on polymerization. Now you can just like have these two together and then fusion summon, and that's it. You know, yeah. It's very it's very cool how how Yu-Gi-Oh has actually progressed from what it was to this. Um, if I had to say which is my favorite. Yu-Gi-Oh! show. It's hard because I got free. I I like the original because that's the one that made me fell in love to Yu-Gi-Oh! to begin with. And that's yeah, exactly. what I appreciate more when I play Duel Links. GX, I like it because it's not like the original in which yeah. it takes five damn episodes to, to finish one damn duel. <laughs> like it gets every episode is a new duel. It's like, oh, thank God. At least I know it's something. You know, at least I know. I'm like, at least I know there's not going to be five episodes with this. There's occasional here and there, but those are like the final boss battles. So it's like, okay, I understand you. And then Vrains. I enjoy Vrains a lot due to the fact that from the creators who did this, one of the creators happens to be, used to be a, a pro Yu-Gi-Oh player in the competitive, in the OCG level. Hmm. It was pro pro and he won champions. I forgot what was his name, but he's done... He has won champions, um, top and regionals and all around. And he was so involved in Yu-Gi-Oh that Konami gave him a job. And one of them was, you know, to be an advisory, a guidance for for the Yu-Gi-Oh series from Brains and up, something like that. And and I love Brains for the fact that like, okay, I can see now this is much more competitive. You notice some of the duels like it'll, it doesn't start with you know, I summon this guy and then special summon this guy and then sequel summon or Etsy summon or no, it doesn't involve that. It involves a lot of mechanics. Like it becomes like, all right, I summon him. And because I summon him, I can special summon this guy on the field. And because of him, I can special summon from the deck. And then I link summon. All right, link summon. Because it was link summon, I can, I can banish him. And then by banishing, I can do this. And then by doing this, I can do this. So it became yeah. a whole combo oriented series that was like it kept me on my toes I was like okay I gotta pay attention you know like this is very fast paced it's very good so I it's very interesting you know I, and and sevens I haven't watched sevens and they say that's actually arguably very good for 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 a new series you know yeah I'll check it out when like when the first season's over or something I I do that with most new I've started doing that with uh, I started doing this with arc five and with uh, brains as well, I kind of just wanted to wait. I I did see the premiere episode of of brains, but after that, I just kind of wanted to wait until there were more episodes out because I knew I wanted to binge this mm. because because I lo- I love watching the Yu Gi Oh anime. So like during arc five, I just waited for like the whole season to be out so I could just watch it. That's actually <laughs> cool. Like I'm. Either or, like either I can wait or I'll watch an episode every week, you know, 
It'll, yeah. it'll depends on, on the mood that I am. But that's how I am right now with some of these shows um, like Black Clover, My Hero, Boruto, and Fire Force, some other anime shows. Like I now watch it every week. I prefer Boruto is the one I watch on sub. The others I watch mm. in dub. I like, I sometimes, I sometimes love dub. Because I grew up watching anime, watching the dub versions of it. Because I before yeah. then, I couldn't watch the subs because I didn't have the internet at that time wasn't fast enough for me to stream it. Or there wasn't such a thing as streaming back then. So I can only watch it on certain channels. And in those channels, I watched, you know, what it was, the Gundam series with Gundam Wing, the Dragon Ball Seas, the Rurouni Kenshin. At the time, the Cowboy Beep-Ups, the Outlaw Stars, you know, like I, I can continue on. This is like yeah. 90s anime, like classic and 90s anime. And I remember that the, I can only see them in in English. Like that was the only time I, yeah. I only watched them. You know, I can never watch them sub. So because of it, I and I started Naruto in English too. Yeah. So like because of it, I I have mixed feelings on it. I say like I I'll if I start a series in dub, I'll finish it in dub. Now if it's a series that I literally cannot wait, I want to be ahead. Yeah. Then I'll then I'll switch over to the sub and finish it up at the sub. You know. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like, funnily enough, the reason I started watching subs was because of Five Ds. It was because the the dub took a hiatus and it was during a cliffhanger. It was during oh, the duel between. Really. Yeah, it was during the duel between Crow and uh, Griger, the one who used the the one who used Air Raid, uh, Skyfire. Yeah, and it was during a cliffhanger of that duel, and they the dub took like a few months of hiatus actually. So the the Jeez. season was the season was actually done in Japanese, and a few more episodes of season three had started. So. Me, me and my friend who were watching 5Ds religiously, we just watched the rest of the season subbed and then we just continued watching it subbed. And funnily enough, at some point we got so impatient of waiting for the, the subtitles, actually, because you had to wait for this, you had to wait uh, a week extra for the sub. For the sub. So by that time, a new episode had come. So we sometimes we would just watch a new episode without subtitles, just in Japanese, because we could, we kind of picked up what they were saying. Yeah, and if you know the Yu-Gi-Oh card game and you know the card do, you really don't need the subtitles because you know the actions and you know what they're yeah. doing. Like, and because of it, I, we started picking up like bits of Japanese. Like, I actually, I I can count in Japanese now because of Yu-Gi-Oh, and I do that freehand. Like when people, when I'm, if I'm counting like sleeves, I'll do like each knee on chico because it's uh. just. So I think I do freehand because I first started noticing it when he was just using like Speed World 2's effect to inflict 800. So he just go like Speed the World 2 no Koga Hot Store. And then he would go like Speed Count to a blah, blah. He would say this and he would go Hapyak point on a damage. And I was just like, okay, damage, Hapyak. So just he's losing 800. So Hapyak means 800. So it was just, you would just pick this up in your head. It was just like, and then it would go like Zen points up, and it was just like that's a thousand. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like you wouldn't. I, at some point, I, we just stopped needing subtitles for watching Five Ds because we kind of knew what was happening. And it was during the World Grand Prix, so that was just the episodes where they would just duels, 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 duels. Yeah. So you kind of you, you knew exactly what was happening if you knew how to play the game. 
That's very funny because it's true. Like if you watch it on sub and you watch these scenes, you don't really need to read the subtitles to see what they're actually doing. You can actually pretty much guess what's happening. Yeah. It's a very cool um trait that you you can learn out of it, you know. You learn new languages by just watching shows and then you get used to the to the language. I can tell you that there are times in which some t- <clears throat> some anime episodes I watch in sub, I don't really I don't pay attention much of the on the subtitles because I just pretty much guess I know what's going on. Like yeah, exactly. I can I can understand what they're saying and then and then the f- the thing that they were saying happened. I was like, I knew it. I understood that. Holy crap. Yeah. It because you weren't even trying. It's just something you picked up. And yeah. that that that's so much fun. And ah, I forgot what I was gonna say there. But like I said, it, it's just something about having such a strong passion for a hobby that it makes you like actually learn new things, which is something that it, it's such an experience going through the motions of that, like suddenly realizing like at some point, like we just realized when we were watching an episode of five D's and we did have the subs, but at some point we just stopped reading them and it was just like, Oh yeah, there are subtitles there. <laughs> and what I love about playing Yu-Gi-Oh with my friends is like, I've actually had a full duel a full match with my friends in japanese so sometimes we'll do that and you know if some japanese players were to see us they'd probably hate us because we're probably doing something wrong but we're pretty much just playing the game in japanese and and i just love going like for the full dramatic effect and the physicality like when we're going like i'll do the card flips like uh can i get something here if i can reach the card sure like when we're playing and I have my... Oh, this is actually kind of cool. I forgot to show you this when we we're doing the Discord. I My hero deck has a small Easter egg. Oh? Okay, so the sleeves for the main deck are red, as in Slifer Red, Jaden right. Storm. Right. But the extra deck is double-sleeved. It's in orange, and it's also in green, like Jaden's eyes in Season 4. Oh, it's just a small Easter egg for me. <laughs> but, oh, but like if let's say if we're playing and I have a full hand here, we'll just I'll draw and I'll do like stuff like this. Sometimes I'll draw the first five and just go like this. Oh, dude, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I can just pick the first the top five. It's just like this. Oh, but just go. And, yeah, like in the show, we just do this and. What I love is doing some like mechanic stuff with like if I'm gonna use uh, let's say I have e-emergency call in my hand right now in polymerization. So let's say I'm gonna activate e-emergency call first. I'll do this and save over here. Oh, I'll just do this and I'll just go. Okay, I'm going. So I remember I'm gonna play this card next. Oh, and then uh, and then I'll just. Also, this just flipping. <laughs> I just love. <laughs> like I said, we go full out. We'll just <laughs> we'll be here, and then I'll go. Uh, I'll, and and then I'll play my final card, polymerization. <laughs> it's just, and then we go just fusion summon. Just <laughs> we go all out. That's it's really it's really fun to do. That's awesome, like man. I love that, man. I actually learned how to do the. Pick the five cards uh, doing the flip, go yeah, and then yeah. just put it out there. 
And I try to do what other these pro players try to do, you know, like shuffling the cards in your own hand. I, yeah. I kind of find it very annoying. Yeah, I don't do that. Like, doesn't that damage your cards if you do that? Like, tick, 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 tick. Probably. I, I always ask my opponent not to do it because it can interrupt my play because I have really sensitive ears. Mm. So let's say you and me are talking right now and someone is tapping their pencil, like in the net, just tapping their pencil or pen. That's sometimes that's all I'll hear because it's picking up on a new noise. So I'm just like, so if I'm playing with someone and they're constantly shuffling their hand, I'll be trying out doing this and I'm trying to think of a combo. And I'm just like, can you not do that? It's like, it sounds like it's cranked up to 11 in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine my ears that I got ears of an audio engineer. I can pick up shit like that at a mile away. And it's so annoying, especially yeah. on our regionals. Like everybody's doing the same thing. It's that. And then yeah. I'm like, stop that, please. And 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 I and I hate the fact that they do that. Like they look at it and they go to, okay, pass. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> couldn't you just say pass? You didn't have to do the whole like that. Like, what was what was the whole? What are you trying to show me? Like, you know how to cartridge? Congratulations, go get a job in the casino. Jesus. But what what we also love to do when we play is just like. If we're setting a card face down during the end, it's just like this, just on the play mat. Oh, yeah. But probably one of, like, if I have, let's, oh, I actually drew it, mass change. So, <laughs> so if we're doing a play and I'm in the battle phase and I know I can use mass change during the battle phase to end the game, I'll just attack, attack, and then I'll just go like, and then I played this. <laughs> we'll <Jesus>. go full out. <laughs> I it's love just, it that you go full full flown on that man. That's amazing. Yeah, we the my best friend's neighbors probably hate us because we're just like we, uh, when my friend and I we downloaded the movie Bond's, uh, Dark Side of Dimension and we watched it in Japanese. And Kaiba's voice actor, his name is uh, Kenjiro Tsuda. He's probably the greatest voice actor in Japan. He's just. He can manage to talk so low and then just go all the way out. And so sometimes when he would just yell like uh, Horobino Burst Stream, which is Burst Stream of Destruction, we, my friend had prepared character decks from the movie. So when I had the blue eyes and we were going for the direct attack, I would just go, Horobino Burst Stream! <laughs> <laughs> and, and we would do that it, all in Japanese and just like, Counter Trapper! And I, during that session, we took like a two hour marathon of character decks and everything. Uh, I threw my voice out. I couldn't talk the next day. That's fun, man. That's, that's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, because we just like to do the impressions. Like my friend does a really good uh, Bakura voice. And uh, I sometimes channel the Pharaoh or Seto Kaiba. I really like doing Seto Kaiba. He's such a fun character to impersonate. Just like... Uh, you don't stand a chance against my blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you have like such sort of the, of the Pharaoh style voice or Juice style of voice. Yeah. you. The thing about like channeling you say it's I kind of like channeling Greg Abbey because he has he is such a like soft yet strong voice. Like it's just when he goes like Starless Dragon, Cosmic Flare. And it's, you just feel it. But the thing about like doing the pharaoh, you have to get a lot more physical. It's just like summon skull, lightning strike. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. 
I just saw I just saw <laughs> a Tim right there, man. Yeah. It's like dark magic attack. It's just you have to get you have to go it full. You have to get physical. That's oh. the key. Can you can you do the slide for the sky dragon? Let's see. Uh, do I have the card? <laughs> I think I have <laughs> oh, card. Oh, 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 work. Oh, okay. It's a uh, let's see. I summon Slifer the Sky Dragon! <laughs> oh, shit! I That's have have awesome! Yeah, this is what we do. It's, and then I play Obelisk, the Tormentor! Just, uh, and probably the most fun is doing the, uh, the chant for Wing Ra. Dragon it's, or Ra. Yeah. Because for that one, you have to save the scream. It's because he always does it like this comic. Almighty protector of the sun and sky. It's it's just it's such a bombastic voice he has. And then he goes like what's the Almighty Protector of the Sun? Transform thyself from orb of light. He does this whole thing and then he just go, What was the chat? I, I usually know it. I, I totally forgot what was the chat. But... From orb of light. Envelop the dead. No, it's just I beg thee, please grace our humble game, but first I shall call out thy name. And then he just goes, I can't go the winged dragon of rock because it's so, it's just yeah, a screamer. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like doing the Pharaoh's voice and, and just going full out. And like Dan Green is, he's, he has such a majestic voice. Like if God had a voice, that would probably be it. <laughs> it's just. I would agree to it. I would say Samuel Jackson because, you know, mm -hmm. there's a couple of times I have to say motherfucker to in my life. But <laughs> yeah. Dan Green, yeah, I can see Dan Green to be the voice of God, to be honest. And I've and I love some of his work and other shows because he's he continues to do um cameos for Yu-Gi-Oh! for other for other roles in the Yu-Gi-Oh! series, but he also yeah. does other shows that I've noticed like, holy shit, wait a minute, that's Jami from Yu-Gi-Oh! What is yeah. he doing here in this show? What the hell? Like, like when he voiced uh, Entei in uh, the Pokemon. Yeah. Show. It's just like, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. Man, I met some of these heroes of mine from voice, or voice actors, you know, like Johnny Young Bush from the Bleach series and Lelouch, um, Steam Bloom, Cowboy Bebop, Vincent Valentine. Um, shoot. Like, have you ever thought of doing that? Doing voice acting? I've I've always wanted to do voice acting, but that's like not something we do here in Iceland. Sadly, it's just like right. It, there's not a big community for it, and also like it's sort of it's kind of a nepotism kind of thing. I've noticed with the voice acting, it's just oh, like really yeah. I've noticed it's always the same people, and I get so tired of it because it it just it destroys all creativity for it and. And honestly, if if I had the money, I would probably do an Icelandic dub for Yu-Gi-Oh! Because that's j just for the hell of it. But my dream, let, let's say if if I would if I would have Elon Musk's money, Oof. what I would do is I would go to Japan and I would want to produce a full reboot of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series, the Duel Monsters. But I would want to tell the same story but with the modern cards. Mm. Like, so Yugi would have, and like, small Yugi, well, Yugi would have like, a Gaia slash Black Luster deck, but Atem the Pharaoh, he would have a full-blown Dark Magician deck, Kaiba would have a Blue Eyes deck, and Mokuba I think... Mokuba will have the Thunder Dragon deck. 
Well, something like that, because yeah. I, I would like to see like a full adaptation of the story with no fillers, but with the modern format, because it would it would open up a lot of creative possibilities, and I just think that would be a lot of fun. You know what, man? I will get behind that. That will yeah. be fun, man. We just, we just, yeah. we just need to win the lotto and get Elon Musk's money, and we got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I, then I would also just, I would produce it originally in Japanese, and then I would like get get it to dub and just get Dan Green on the phone. It was just, just, just get, we need you back, man. This is gonna be a bigger and better type. Let's go. Yeah. Because he was really, I saw the Dark Side of Dimension. I saw it in Japanese first, and I saw the dub. The dub kind of butchered the story of the film, but it was really nice hearing uh, Dan Green's voice again and Eric Stewart as Kaiba. Because they, what I love about them specifically as their characters is that they really love doing their characters. Like if you watch the interviews for it, and it's just like the way Eric Stewart describes Kaiba, it's just like he really gets this character, and I, yeah. I I like that it's just not a not a paycheck. It's just like he loves the character, which is always fun to know. Yeah, it's always fun when these voice actors actually are very passionate of the characters that they actually portray, and they're into it. Like they're more involved than than just acting. Like they they get excited about it. I always yeah exactly. I always yeah. love the Maximilian Pegasus voice. Is the it's the fun way how he says, "Oh, you <coughs> boy." Yeah, Darren Dunstan. He's he's a great voice actor. Also, I think he was perfectly cast for Pegasus. As in, Pegasus is probably my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh villain because he's just a guy. He's just so sinister, especially in the first season when it's not cartoonishly too big. It's just when he's not like "Ooh, Kaiba boy," but you know, yeah. When he's more sinister, when he's like down to earth, when he's just like, "I'll have your brother's soul," it's just right. And he when he talks like in the sinister kind of low growl with the Pegasus voice. It's just like, ah, oh, this is chilling. Like in episode two, it's just ooh, if the timer would have gotten done, I would have lost. But I didn't, did I? And it's just like, ah I love it, man. I love it when he when it goes like that, man. That's the thing that sometimes some of these anime shows I, I like when the when the villain does those little special feels, you know? Yeah. You know, when they you know that they're toying with somebody and then all of a sudden Sears mode zero to hundred real quick. Yeah, that that's why I love Kenjiro Tuda as Kaiba because it's it's in the dark side of dimensions where he he manages to go like he talks all the way down here and then just he builds and builds and builds and then he starts screaming. It's just like, and I love it when he suddenly drops because it's just like in his duel with the Pharaoh in the simulation. He's they're like screaming at each other like new blue eyes ultimate and he's just going here and then he activates a trap and he just just goes counter trapo and he's just all the way down here it's just like oh now he's being serious it's just it's such a cool little nuance that he puts in his characters and then he puts on this little speech like you've been nothing but a disappointment and then he just goes all the way up and it's just and he and it's not just going from here. And then suddenly starts screaming. He actually builds and builds and builds until he's screaming. Which is just, he's not talking and then he's screaming. He's going further and further until he's in it, which is really cool. I enjoy it, man. I I, I love that <coughs> type of stuff, man. I always like to pick up the brains for all these voice actors to see what what is it that you were going through, you know, like how did you manage to do this sort of stuff? You know, like it's just it's a peak interest, you know, like 
Uh, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll be part of the voice acting industry. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, sky's uh, the limit I, from this point. You know, it is yeah. possible now that now Fun- that Zoom is possible. You know. Yeah. Funnily enough, it's just like even though let's say if I become a big director and everything, I think I would still like. Let's say I become a household name in the director industry. I would still like contact some small little voice acting company. I was just like, hey, are you still doing Yu-Gi-Oh dubs? Yeah. <laughs> because that would be something I would like to do because I really like... Because as a kid, I used to do all these impressions and it kind of it channels into it into adulthood because when I'm talking to someone like you, when I, when, like when I was explaining how we duel, it just suddenly it became... Uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh impersonation thing yeah. because it just it just happens. Like when I'm talking about certain actors or something, I kind of like on accident just throw myself into an impersonation. Like I was talking about <laughs> what was it? I think I was talking about Ian McKellen, and it was just like Bo Baggins. <laughs> it just <laughs> just goes into it because Ian McKellen is a great voice. I am not trying to rob you. <laughs> it's just. I love doing impersonation. I, lo- I just love doing voices. It's like me and my friends, we have this thing, like we create, we don't, it's not like a LARP or a role play or anything. It's just, we sometimes have this idea, mm-hmm. like we're currently doing, we're currently doing Yu-Gi-Oh! Where they hand in character sheets and we have this idea for a story. And then I'll write a few scripts with the story in mind, like episodic scripts, and then we'll meet and we'll do a table read of them. And that's where we really get to have fun. Where we really get to do a, some voice work and it's it's always really fun. I, I like writing knowing that it, it'll be performed by some people, even though it's not on camera or anything. It's just, it's always fun to write for someone else to perform. It's fun listening to your words coming from someone else. <laughs> yeah, it must it, it must be a, a cool sensation, you know, that you're you're passionate to this sort of thing. And then when you put it on paper and put it out there and you hear that coming out, you're just like, man, this is what I live for. This is what I do. That that's why I enjoy this. That's why I continue to do this. Must be amazing to have that such a feeling, man. Yeah, it's it's always fun because I usually write uh, having it in mind that it will be performed. That's why my scripts are usually really dialogue heavy. It's not a lot of like dis- a lot of descriptions, except when it's really, really needed. Especially also with the table reads, I'll try to do them as detailed as possible before I go into the dial- dialogue, just so they can imagine their surroundings a lot better. The only thing that's the, the most the most challenging thing about writing like a Yu-Gi-Oh table read with my friends is the, writing down the duels. It, it's exhausting. Really? Yeah, just kind of. You know, can I make this like, like I don't want the duel to be too long. I don't want it to be too short. I want it to be a good back and forth. And what 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 is the character serving in this duel? What, how is this driving him? And then you sketch down, and you're just like, okay, he's using a magical musketeer deck and this guy is using like light swarms and stuff like that. We just go with older formats just so it makes the writing easier so I don't have to do a lot of combos. Mm. <laughs> so it's not just like a monologue. Like when I write a long turn and I realize I'm supposed to be re- reading this character and I'm just like, Jesus, I go on for two pages. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> so that's like an, a new upside project that you're currently doing right now. Yeah, like um, my friend and I have actually been writing for fun a Yu-Gi-Oh manga. We're just trying to find mm. an artist to 
to draw it for us because we want to put it on the internet. It's just, it's a story that we like and it's, it's everything about Yu-Gi-Oh that we love. And we have some sequences in mind that I think would be really cool if they were animated because, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you about this one scene. And our main protagonist is kind of a mix between Yusei Fudo and Seto Kaiba. Okay. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird putting them together, okay. but it's just like, it's just like he has to be passionate and brave enough, but he also has to be kind of a loose cannon. So that's <laughs> what the Kaiba part. And, and they both have this flair about them. And it's just like, if we can see both Kaiba and Yusei doing this, this is what makes sense for the character. And we have the sequence where he's dueling against this guy who's playing counter fairies. And he's just, it's just a deck closing you down. It's just like a deck saying no to you all the time with their solemns and counter traps. So we had this idea for if he's in a speed duel and the guy flips open like solemn judgment and then a card flips up like zing, and then he's just going on a tangent like you can't my deck is the ultimate strategy against your deck the solemn judgment is the most powerful and then just a shock then an electricity goes through the solemn judgment he's just like what and solemn judgment goes face down and then it and the card goes face down and then it splits into two cards and the main character on his uh, dual runner drives over the card and he smirks and he slaps down a card and it's red reboot. Oh, just I'm shutting you down. Then that, that must be fun, man. And, and this is just for current. You guys are trying to make it very current. Yeah, it, it, it's using the formats we already have, but it's about like how the format has be- has become like more of this. Uh, my brother actually had the funniest term for modern Yu-Gi-Oh. It was cancel culture Yu-Gi-Oh, which I found the funniest thing cool. <laughs> because it's 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 just because it's so much of saying your opponent can't play. It's just you build up such a board that your opponent can't play. Yeah. And coming from the perspective of someone who loves a good back and forth, because like I say, the way I do with my friends, it's just it's such a back and forth, and we're screaming and we're flipping our cards and, but with this kind of solitary version of what Yu-Gi-Oh has become recently, it's just, you do this and this and this and this, and then you, you the opponent just scoops. But we're kind of using that format to, to try to do something new and exciting with it just for fun. And we've designed our own cards for it, which is kind of fun, just putting some niche stamps on, on everything. And we don't have a new mechanic, but we have like, the main protagonist has this dragon, and the dragon it has multiple versions. Like he he has a synchro form, he has a fusion form, he has an exceeds form, and it's it's kind of cool. It's just like and it puts the game back to a more simpler state, mm-hmm. and, but all to create a more back and forth, which is which is kind of fun. It, it's been fun doing like creating some of these sequences. Like when we when we came when we had the idea for the red reboot sequence. Like it was just so cool. Like solemn judgment going down and then another copy of would, would come and the main protagonist would drive over it because he's canceling out trap cards. It was just a cool little sequence. And then just activating red reboot from the hand as his life points are, are going halfway down because of the cost. I was just like, this would be a really cool sequence if we animated it. <laughs> That's dope, man. That, I hope that that thing gets actually into fruition, man. Mm. I hope that, you know, maybe someday someone will pick it up, man, and I can actually read those, you know, like, that'll be dope, man. 
I'm actually yeah, very think, eager to excited for it. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's just currently in the writing phase. We, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking all over for like artists who can work like freehand from the internet, and we're like for a decent enough price. So we're not like paying way too much, but we don't want to be paying too little because it's such a uh, the scripts are going to be massive for this. <laughs> yeah, and then having them into into mangas comments is that's gotta that's a while man that's gonna be a while yeah yeah but it's pretty it's also it's just it's about writing what you love and yeah i, I love writing i love Yu-Gi-Oh. why not why not do something just for fun for myself <laughs> i love it man i love it so we're gonna wrap this up man because we've been here for hours and it's amazing man it's been amazing to talk to you so before we wrap this up there's a few questions that i want to ask you and then we can just end it up with a a nice note okay okay so right now what has been your greatest accomplishment to this day my greatest accomplishment is i would say I would say two, and it would both be regarding. It was, I would say, my greatest accomplishment at the top of the list would probably be the the short film I made uh, last year because it it had been such a passion project, and like the first the first concept art and everything was shot like the year before, and then we finally, I found a way to make it, and it's just something I'll never forget the process. So that's probably my greatest achievement there actually having to have written and directed it and starred in it. And just, it will, I'll never forget the experience of what it it taught me a lot of things. And, but if we're going for something a little more, more just low key and personal, it will probably be when I wrote my horror comedy. It was called Moonlight Manor. I'll never forget when I had finished the first draft. It was just, like wow, I f- I actually just wrote a whole like a hundred page script. Just and when I looked at it, I was so proud of it. So I would say when I wrote Moonlight Manor, and then it was then it was succeeded by writing and directing The Guardian. That th- those those are my top two. That's awesome, man. Um, two more. What are you currently doing, and what do you hope to accomplish? Uh, currently, I'm working here in in Westman Islands just as a postal delivery officer but officer postal delivery man and uh, I just finished pitching a horror series what I'm really hoping is that I get the green light to write the pilot because I'll also have some demands I'll want to act as one of the characters I really like that character and I kind of well, I kind of wrote the three main characters with me, my friend, and another friend in mind, but that pro- that's probably harder to get through. But what, uh, what, what I really want to do as a filmmaker is I want to be a fresh, new, creative voice for the Icelandic filmmaking standard. I want to put like a new stamp on things. I want to do something different. I want to be the guy that started this whole new wave thing of doing something new with your own voice and doing more challenging things like with the horror series, if that goes through, I think it will, I think it will change a lot of things. And I, I, that's just something I'm really excited about because I don't like that here in Iceland, we kind of only have 
a limited things of storage we can tell because of because of the <clears throat> because of our location and stuff and it kind of limits the creativity so what i want to do is just be the guy who said no we're going to do something new that's amazing man thank you so one last question and we'll end this right with this note let's just say that you got a follower a fan okay. he he's an up and comer he wants to do the same thing that you're doing right now he wants to be big he wants to to do exactly what you're doing because that's his passion that's what that's what he loves to do he comes up to you what advice would you give him to do to pursue his dreams to help him in its source <clears throat> well firstly i would say like the one the lesson i learned was you kind of have to do the whole film school or like go I would definitely tell him to go to the school I went because it's cheaper, it's more fun, the community there is amazing. But the one thing I would probably tell someone if if I had a huge fan who would ask me for advice about like filmmaking and how he wants to make it, I would definitely tell them just don't give up on your own voice. Mm. That's that's what I would tell them. It's just believe in what you're doing because that's That's what's been keeping me going for as long as I've been doing this because I I know my ideas are pretty out there and they're so different from what they're doing regularly here. So if I can, if I actually make it and and if I can actually become successful in this area doing my own thing, I would tell them, don't give up on your voice. Don't be afraid of doing your thing because someone has to do it right <laughs> yeah that's amazing man i i love that advice man and i hope many people will listen to this and say like hey man do your thing man just let let your voice be heard man because that's the only way for for you to to, to progress it's the only way for people to listen to you and see your perspective how uh, how we can achieve or how you can achieve your goals you know yeah um Ali, thank you very much for this podcast, man. I really appreciate very much for you coming into the show and and have this wonderful conversation with you, man. I've learned so much about you and we have so much in things in common, you know, that it, it's very grateful to have someone like you in the show, man. I hope that many of my followers and listeners can take uh, take notes into this show, into this episodes and like, listen to all the stuff that you have gone to just to get to where you are, man. You know, I hope this helps out for someone else that's out there because that's the whole yeah. point of this show. Yeah. I, I'd also just like to say thank you for having me. I'd love to come back. I've been having a blast for the last hours. I'm assuming <laughs> uh, it's been really fun to chat with you. I, I, and also what I loved about, I just, I loved about how we came to meet. It was through Yu-Gi-Oh! For exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So th that's why we love this game and the community. And like I said, I would love to come back. I've been having a lot of fun here and I really hope people will tune in because we talk about so much. We, yes. It went to a variety of things. And I also just hope this show grows. I really like what you've been doing with the show. It's, it's pretty great. I love this. This is a fun spin on the whole podcast thing. Just having a lot of different people from the creative fields. It's, it's pretty neat actually. And, Also, just you having someone from Iceland 
yeah. <laughs> which is something radically different. Yeah. But getting all these different perspectives and yeah, that's probably the most I have to say, but just thank you for having me on the show. I'd love to come back. Any, I'll, I'll come back anytime. That's Absolutely, just... man. You're more than welcome to come back in the show, man, for any other topics that we can discuss, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate your your time here, man. I know it's been, I don't know what time it is over there. Over here is like two o'clock. Two, it's about to be 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's uh, 10 to 8 here. Oh, okay. So... No, I'm not. I thank you for everything, man. I appreciate this very much. So we're gonna end this up with you guys. Um, thank you very much for listening. <clears throat> and remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. You can also check this out at SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, at wolves and music so you guys got something comment down below let me hear your thoughts your experience share share with us if you got a specific topic that you guys want us to discuss about it or you guys want us to bring about on the next time let us know on the comments down below so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one Peace. 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 Peace.